0: we keep talking sports, just match up. Mickey, who was Ellie, cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Mickey Zizzy Podcast episode dark zero 30. The dirty 30. The shout out my brother Evan, who has the same birthday as me this week and will also be turning 30. Episode 30. Mickey
1: talk to me. ESPN, 30 for 30. What if? I told you, across the nation, 50,000 pull-ups were being done. $50,000 were being raised for the Tanzania Water Fund that was invented by our good friend, Justin Futrell. What if I told you that this becomes reality this week? Mr. Zizzy, how are we doing?
0: Well, according to the updates from Justin Futrell himself, we are ahead of our goals um, as an entire group. But I'm just excited that this is this is day 1. It's day 1 guys. This is November 18th through the 21st. We're trying to get as many people as we can to do as many pull-ups as possible to try and raise awareness for these clean water well projects over in Tanzania. Last year we raised $25,000 to do one. This year we're doubling the efforts, $50,000 for two. And we're doing well. It's day 1 guys. Like I got I've had friends of my own shout out kylan brooks shout out paul wilcox shout out my friend jacob Watkins for doing pull-ups shout out my family evan kyle my brothers my sister Haley. Uh, sh- shout out all the people that are doing pull-ups uh, some of them i've donated money as well uh i personally am trying to get a thousand pull-ups and a thousand dollars raised uh by anybody that i know friends family relatives uh, acquaintances at work anybody um but Personally, to this point, I've been able to raise $200, and we are up to $600 pull ups So, we are getting there, everybody. We got to keep going, though. I'm going to keep shouting it out on social media. Might even have to take a page out of your book, Mickey Hines, and start tagging people individually. Get them in the movement.
1: No, I love where you're at now. I like to see where it was you know, on day one officially, but I know I've been calling it Tanzania Week. And like he said, first off, for you all who are listening, if you still don't know, Donate any money. Go look at any of the posts me or Mr. Yankovich has been posting about. Do some pull-ups if you want to say, hey, I'd like to do some pull-ups for you, for you, or just comment how many you did on any of the videos. We need to get to 50,000, so any little pull-ups uh, work, help. And yes, you are correct. I've been shouting out people, and I've all, I'm only at 172 pull-ups right now from friends, families, and coworkers, et cetera. And people I work out with. So, Mr. as you are in the lead, and that makes me a little. uh, Let's say the competition is well, starting. Hey, now I have to really I, get out there. I will make and it. Get people make it. out there.
0: I will make it fair by saying, when I'm just going by people that I'm influencing, uh, 300 of those pull ups are being done by myself. So I've only been doing 300 by other people. So I will say that. I will say that.
1: Of course, you know, uh, we're both trying to get, you said you're trying to get 1,000. It's a thousand correct?
0: Yes, a thousand just by like being for my part is trying yep. to be an ambassador in Florida. Yeah, I'm trying to get a thousand dollars, trying to get a thousand pull-ups towards it. Again, the overall goal is fifty thousand dollars and fifty thousand pull-ups. But I mean, it's been nice seeing the response on all social media accounts to just seeing how far it's spread across the country. Again, you're over there doing your thing, and that's been motivating for me as well to make sure I continue to make my posts and do my part. Uh, I got to still do my pull-ups for today, but I will be doing that after the episode. I just, I mean, I've been working and stuff, but we'll get to it.
1: (laughs) Yes, like you were saying, it's been a great week, a lot of positive vibes. I'm trying to spread it. I love sharing stuff on social media so that everyone can see it. I know practically everyone is on it, seeing it and whatnot, and I've had a lot of people ask questions about it, and I'm really excited seeing people sending in videos to me. I am going to make a hype video for at the end of this. Because on Saturday, like if you haven't seen already, I'm doing 1000 in 24 hours. I'm going to be like our man Justin Petrarch to go. And I also need 1000 from friends and whatnot, what we were just talking about. I do not have a money goal right now because I know times are tough. But I would love to raise $1,000 as well. I've got to contact people to see if they've donated uh, in behalf of my name or just for Justin. It doesn't matter how much or who you donate it for. As long as we reach that goal, because we're all in it together. Call me High School Musical.
0: All right, that's what I'm talking about. Let's let's continue to make it known. Again, everybody, continue to share our posts if you would like. Uh, shout it out, word of mouth. Just we got to get people talking about this. It's for a great cause. Um, I've got. I mean, we've got pictures of the first water well that was constructed. I mean, and it's it's impacting over nine thousand people. So we're trying to continue that chain of events and make a positive difference in the world. So that's what we're about on this show, about on this podcast. And now we get to talk about some other fun and positivity. Let's let's get to it, man.
1: Well, we're talking about water and the NBA draft is tonight. So why not talk about the splash of the NBA?
0: Goodness, oh my goodness. Well. I mean, we could. I mean, after pushing back this date multiple times, yes, you are correct. The NBA draft is finally here. Now, while I personally think that this year's crop of prospects isn't necessarily made, uh, I don't know, I'm not as, I don't think they should be touted as franchise cornerstones just yet, but nevertheless, there is always quality pieces to be had in every draft. So, with a draft that's been unlike any other, with a league holding a virtual draft show for the first time ever multiple events like the draft combine being altered or canceled because of the pandemic. What are we going to see? Mickey Hines, Minnesota Timberwolves had the number one pick. I'm not, I just who, where, who's going to have it. Where, where do we start here?
1: Yeah. Before I get into that, the things I do want to say, it is a very interesting draft. We did not have March Madness to have those individuals ball out and really raise their draft stock in the biggest stage of college basketball. So that was very tough to see. And to help raise awareness of these players and to say like, oh, you remember that one guy who had the buzzer beater in March Madness? We don't have that luxury now to be these big names or, you know, names become bigger. So I think that took a huge hit on these prospects, and I totally agree. We have no Anthony Davises. We have no LeBron James in these. We have no Zions that we know who is this first-round pick, just like we have in the past, which is also fun because now we create a debate about it. You just asked me. Minnesota Timberwolves did win the draft lottery. And these three picks, I've been looking, I mean, listening, and they're interchangeable. The first three people on the draft board, that being LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards. But I think it's plain as day, this projections. And I'm going to project the top three correctly if there's no trades. First pick of the 2020 NBA draft is LaMelo Ball. (laughs) Australia, big ball
0: of brand.
1: Big ball of brand ain't never lost. I've been wearing the uh, repping the brand all day today at the school. But here's the okay. reason why: Minnesota has D'Lo and Cat, and they need one more piece. Why not put Lamelo Ball on that team? He can learn from D'Lo, etc. Why add another big man like Cat, who is pretty much Cast position at James Wiseman, seven foot one, for Minnesota? I think that'd be a dumb pick for them to pick. Uh, Wiseman at number one, so that puts him down to number two, etc. I'll get to him later on, but let's talk about that number one pick, LaMelo Ball. Now, I'm gonna let you speak about LaMelo because you've got to be have something about him because he is a top three prospect right now. But he had the unconditional way to go to the NBA that being playing in high school, going overseas in Lithuania, coming back to America, playing in the JBA, the pretty much the big baller brand. G League, you know, D League, F League, whatever you like to call it. And then he goes back on – and then he plays high school ball for Spire Academy. Then he goes over to Australia, becomes NBL Rookie of the Year, and now here we are. Yank, what's your take on LaMelo before I get more in-depth?
0: My take on LaMelo Ball is that he is probably the – like my my take on LaMelo Ball is that he is the best player in this draft. But – I do not think that he should be the first selection in a draft, if that makes any sense. So, it makes I mean, no sense, I, so. I, I'm going to explain. So to me, like, I mean, obviously he's got the family that's in the NBA, like Leandro's in G League. We've got uh, obviously Lonzo in the in the NBA for the Pelicans. Like he's been getting better every year. Uh, Big brand, they never lost. Australian National Basketball <laughs> League, he was, like, rookie of the year in 2020, he did it all the unconventional way. Uh, he was a starting point guard for the Illawarra Hawks. He has great numbers. I mean, 17 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, 7 assists per game. Like, this guy is a professional already. He's been doing it for a few years now. He's um, My issue is exactly what you were talking about when you're looking at Minnesota. When you're looking at Minnesota, they already have – The point guard that they and a playmaker that they're going to run the offense through. I understand that this is maybe turn, maybe this is the point where the league is turning this corner to where it doesn't really matter. Like you can have multiple ball handlers on the floor and uh, multiple people that um, are smaller bodies, but can still just like create space, shoot the ball, and just be scorers. Like I understand that that is like. This could be the turning point of the NBA for that, and that's we can credit the Splash Brothers and other people of that sorts for that. But they already had D'Angelo Russell, and they have Cat. Why not take somebody like Anthony Edwards, who's more off guard shooting the ball, or is going to have that potential ability and strength and explosion to get to the rim, score? Um, he's young; he still has potential. He scored; he has similar statistics to Lamella Ball, and it is still in the NCAA, which is. Probably still the best talent to go against. I know that Lamella's going against professionals necessarily, but I mean, I, to me, it's still this is still the number one route that everybody goes to get to the league. And he played very, very well as a freshman last year. So he was the SEC freshman of the year. Um, there is obviously still some concerns with his three-point comfortability, but everybody develops just like Lamelo Ball himself still would have to con- uh, develop shooting. So that's just my take for. The only reason he wouldn't be drafted number one, in my opinion, is just it's based on fit. It's based on fit for the team.
1: I'm disagreeing with you because I think you need another playmaker that can take the ball and say, hey, I'm going to score. It will go through D'Lo, maybe towards halfway through there. Lamelo will take the ball up and start producing it that way because D'Lo can also probably a better shooter than Lamelo off ball so when that move D'Lo to shooting guard, Lamelo at point guard. And now moving forward with that is you need to complete that big three to be somewhat a threat in the NBA. They could be a solid six-seed, seven-seed in the NBA. Minnesota could if they pick up LaMelo Ball. And some of the things that you were saying were great. I mean, when he was in Australia, we already talked about it. Great stats. Yeah, Um, We went over to Lithuania. He's been playing, Yank, against grown men, pros, since he was the age of 16. The youngest person ever to become a professional in sports. Now, granted, in Lithuania, he only averaged six points to assists. He only played 12 minutes, though, and he could never understand a single word his coach was saying. Talk about a language barrier like no other. So that's a lot to do as well, and living on your own as 16 is tough. But that also helped him now play against professionals, learn how to get bodied, learn what it is to fail. He's already been through the ringer. He's going to come in as a with the experience of a two- to three-year pro, and I think that's going to be huge for him. All right? He already knows how to live like a professional. He knows how to play against them. He's had success. He's had failures. He's been through it amazing, and he lives basketball. Yank. He lives basketball. He has nothing else. I don't know if the man knows any other uh, subject in school besides basketball. And coming out of the wound, womb. You know, levar has been hyping him up. It does think that he is technically a part of the Puma brand, and I think that's just you know slapping the face of LeVar. like he made you like. He hyped you up for all this time you go against him. Like, it kind of stings. Uh, I follow Ball and the Family on Facebook and always watch that every weekly. And he had some uh, stern words to say after Lomelo committed to Puma. But going back to the draft, like he has done everything that has shown that he is a first-round draft, the first pick in the NBA draft this year. From being his, the face of the league, the JBA, averaging 39-14-11. Yes, you heard that right. He averaged a triple-double. Granted, it was against... It's slow G League players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not hyping up that. It was great though he can you know ball against sure. Scrubs. I mean I got um, I'm, I'm saying Scrubs it. against the NBA yeah. Australia and whatnot. So I'm but, just why how not how are you not gonna give this six foot seven beast of a player the first round pick? If anything, yeah. trade for it, like a lot of trade value. I know there's been talks about that, but I don't know how you – I'm not
0: saying you – well, I'm not saying – like trade value is a completely different topic that we're talking about here. We're just – we weren't talking trades. We're just talking if it's going go to go the picks. Yeah. yeah it's like, you know, for me, it's yep. kind of what you said, though, like – We've seen him and yes, he while he is a very young professional and he has professional experience, which I think is great pedigree in here. I think that it's like he is one of the most qualified and is like I said, I think he's the best prospect in the draft. But when you are doing drafting and building a team, you have to look at the pieces that fit. And to be honest, since he's been a professional and playing against grown grown like grown people that have been in the game, like ex NBA players, people that are coming over from European leagues, like He's playing against these people. You see some of it allows you to see some of his issues and some things that you have to be concerned about and things that they can expose him on. Like the fact that he tends to avoid contact on drives and the fact that he has shaky defense and like it's always been questioned in a way. And then when you're looking at comparing him to the person that I said was going to be drafted number one and Anthony Edwards, like, yeah, we're talking about LaMelo Ball being a great shooter, but I mean, he shot only... He's 38% last season and 27% from three Anthony Edwards also shot 27% from three. So it's not like it was that much different there. And then 38% shooting is still seven points below the league average. Like obviously the shooting still has to be developed and like he's a playmaker, but if he doesn't develop his scoring ability, he's never going to be, he's not going to become that superstar that is, number one draft worthy i'm not saying that anthony edwards necessarily is going to do the same thing yet either because we don't know but that's the thing with this draft class we haven't seen enough uh we don't have enough information i should say to be able to know everything just yet but i i get where you're coming from i don't necessarily that's why i didn't like i'm not getting stephen a blasphemous on you but i think that just with a fit the fact that the timberwolves already have this number one ball handler who's an all-star and is going to continue to be an all-star along with big cat down low like why not have the off-ball explosive stronger um talent and anthony edwards who shoots a similar percentage from outside like it's and then can play better defense like to me i just think it's that that's why i would choose anthony edwards number one
1: I'm still just trying to wrap my head around why you are putting Anthony ahead, which I'm going to talk about Anthony, which I do think he's going number three to Charlotte. And either whoever gets picked between those two, I think, will. Um, I know MJ, Michael Jordan, gave the stamp to draft Lomelo Ball if he gets to the third pick. So he's going to go in that top three like we've been saying. But I'm just so confused because we saw Lonzo come in with a crazy shot. And he fixed it, and now he's getting better. And Lonzo is a defender. But LaMelo Ball with the ball in his hand is a playmaker and has one thing to do to play basketball and to win. And his shot might be able to get fixed. You know, driving to the lane, they'll put some weight on him. Can you imagine a six foot seven LaMelo Ball with 20 to 35 uh, more pounds on him? That's a scary man. He knows, you know, he gets developed more in two years. When he's 21, he's going to be scary good. He's only 19 right now. Yeah, I know. And. So, I mean, the potential is through the roof. It's an A-plus for playing 2K. And if he stays in the weight room and he gets after it and listens to these NBA coaches, he is set for success, no doubt. And when you have Cat as a rebounder slash give it to the big man to score, like, you're going to be more successful.
0: Well, I understand that, but you could say the same thing for Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is only 19 years old. He's only 19 years old as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, where's your argument against him? That we're- okay, so he's here- going to be developed the same
1: way. So he has not been two, three years uh playing professionally. He that's is only six And minutes. he he is a great defender. Don't get me wrong. I think yeah. that's why Anthony Edwards is higher. He's a great defender. But I mean, nineteen points a game, yes, that's good. It was the same but everything point. else that's isn't really
0: what LaMelo just had last season. Like I know he's probably Lamelo also had
1: more rebounds, more assists. He had yes, you know, yes, better. Yes,
0: yes, but that's what I'm saying. Lamelo is still the primary ball handler. You're going to have that. Anthony Edwards is a shooting guard. He's not a. He's not a true point guard. Like, and they already have a true point guard in Minnesota with Cat. But if you give this guy who's coming up. A 20-point-per-game score, like, obviously he might not be doing that as a rookie, but, like, if he continues to develop and becomes a 20-point-per-game score, like, the Timberwolves now have a three-man rotation that can score on offense.
1: I just look at Anthony Edwards, and I just – all I see is a shooter, which is great. You know, I totally understand. People need shooters, and I think he will be a good sixth or seventh man. Lamel's a ball facilitator. He can drive to the uh paint, kick it out. He goes up and gets rebounds. He goes and gets assists. Okay. He does. The, I mean shooting can be a little yeah. bit better. Once he gets shooting down, he's gonna be a 20, 10, and 10 guy. But the
0: Timberwolves Possible. have that and then Anthony Edwards is stronger, a better defender, can still score probably at a similar rate, and then can get similar rebounds. The only thing he's not uh, gonna do as much is get as much is be as big of a playmaker. He won't get as many assists. But that, that's what I mean. I feel like it's just a team need scenario. I think that LaMelo Ball is the best player in the draft. I've said that now, like twice, two, three
1: Yeah, times. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's just with the team fit, yeah. I just think, I, for some reason, I lean Anthony Edwards.
1: I'm still not sold to Anthony oh. Edwards. I was oh. looking at all these people, looking into it. And, okay. I mean, last game he played, he played 40 minutes and had six points. I'm like, so much for a score. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Wait. Duncan Robinson. You know, shooter, gritty defender. He'll uh, yeah, yeah, be inconsistent. That. I mean, that's what I'm. I'm kind of seeing right now. I mean, that's someone I would you know relate him to or compare him to. <laughs> but I'm really excited to see. I know those two picks are probably the two picks. If I really had to debate and say, like, lean towards one way, those two would be flip blocked because when we get to the second pick. It's Golden State, and Golden State has a great opportunity to trade, which we'll talk trading, like if you think any crazy trades will happen after we talk about James Wiseman. But when you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and uh, Draymond Green, uh, why not just add a seven-footer from college who's technically one of the best uh, rookies uh, for next year to your team? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just, Do you not I... think
1: he's going number two?
0: James Wiseman? Yeah 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 no sorry oh, yeah. it cut out so like when you said the name i was like who <laughs> yeah no. james wiseman is who i definitely had a number two i think that uh him at golden state i think it's it's the perfect perfect today it's the <laughs> perfect scenario for golden state to me. i mean the man is a seven foot one center the strong classic big man but has that extra hint of athleticism the rim protection is there um the only thing that obviously scares people is the fact that he has just such a short palette small pallet of to look at. I mean, three games in your collegiate career. I mean, that's, that it's the biggest concern in my opinion, but in those three games, the man has a double, double 20 points per game, 11 rebounds, and he's still getting three blocks a game. He shot at 76% and he wasn't even trying to shoot threes, which apparently he says he can do. So I don't know. He's been getting trained by Penny Hardaway. I- He's got a seven foot six wingspan and you're going to tell me that you're going to have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson on the outside being able to draw all the attention. And then they're going to dish it to, um, they're, they're going to dish it to this guy down low or find ways to get him open. And then it, you can have Draymond come out and play the four now instead. Like that that's the perfect scenario for golden state. In my opinion, you've got Andrew Wiggins still on the roster. Like, this is what we were talking about when we said, "Do not forget about Golds." <laughs> um is there there is one thing that confused me though when I look at this like how was he the Gatorade player of the year without playing without playing? Have you ever realized
1: that like, that's why I'm so skeptical of James Wiseman, um the Memphis Center. I think he had what one or two games and one of them he did have twenty eight and eleven. Penny Hardaway kind of blew that away after he paid like eleven thousand dollars in like expenses, that so made him ineligible. That's his story, you know. Yeah. And the thing that does scare me, you already saying it, no college career a potential bust is kind of what I'm sniffing oh out here. God. But when you're going to be on the Warriors, you're really not going to bust. You're going to get 10 rebounds a game and maybe 10 points. You'll be fine. Like he's going to do his job. If he's at Golden State, he's not going to be the franchise player. He's going to be the role-playing center and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, I look at this next, the best center, uh, a it's so hard to pronounce, Akawa, the six foot nine USC center. Sure. And, on Inuka. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, thank you. Um, uh-huh. He averaging sixteen and eight, and he did that for the majority. I mean, of what the basketball season was last year, he can set screens, he can rebound. I mean, if Golden State was smart, why not trade to go to a lower pick? Maybe try to get another player out of it and get this six foot nine center um, from USC. I think that's a possibility they could do um, if they're kind of confused on James Wiseman or not fully bought in, like. Myself personally, but if a team needs a center, this is the guy you go get, no doubt. And when you have Penny Hardaway, a you know, a future Hall of Famer, maybe stretching a little bit, uh, training him, uh, this guy, this kid's gonna be a dog and he's gonna finally be able to prove himself, but we will see. And I'm just skeptical right now, and I hope he kind of proves me wrong and just balls out, be a 15 and 10 guy instead of a 10 and 10 guy or a 20 and 10 guy
0: yeah I mean I think he's I mean he's definitely got the talent I mean in like for any time we have seen him on the floor he's been pretty dang good but it's just more like my biggest concern is when with me it's honestly like a simple question like is the classic NBA big man dead because he's not he doesn't have the greatest ability to spread the floor at least from what we've seen so far and we haven't seen much yeah and we haven't seen much so like to me, it's just it comes down to that question: like, is he a classic NBA big man, and is he going to be able to flourish just because of the people that he would have around him in Golden State? Which, of course, I would not doubt that he would with that um, supporting cast. But um, is is the classic NBA big man dead? And I, I don't know. And it's honestly been such a crazy evolution to see all these big men that are now ball handlers that can spread the floor, <laughs> two, three and take step back mid range jumpers. It doesn't make sense, but we're going to see what happens with him. I personally think that he's still the better pick even over on Yeka who has, Oh yeah. Yeah. Who has the, a bigger sample sample size. And I do like your idea of them. Maybe like creating a trade opportunity where they trade down, get something else out of it and then still get some snag on Yeka or something like that. But that could work too. But either way, um, I'm not sure if you can really go wrong, but personally, I still think that James Wiseman, even on the short pallet that we have, this is the guy that you got to go to. And you're right, with someone like Penny Hardaway and, uh, that's training him, they, maybe that's helping him develop some guard tendencies with that crazy wingspan and crazy height. And look out if, the, if he develops and Golden State really has this guy.
1: Yeah, my last thing about James is that's why centers are getting that ball handling, that three-point shooting, that ball facilitator looks as well. Because when you're seven foot, it is so much easier to get a rebound when you're six foot three, six foot two. You barely even have to jump half the time when you're seven foot. All right, so he already has. He knows that he does not have to train that every day, go up and get rebounds and whatnot. Now, getting bigger, uh, stronger, and trying to jump up and, like, go up with the big boys, yes, of course. you got to be a big, thick boy when you're seven foot. You can't be too gangly and whatnot to make sure you solidify those rebounds down in the paint. But, I mean, putting the extra work at taking threes and dribbling, ball handling, like, that's a a luxury for seven-footers to do. And I think, you know, with Penny Hardaway, that'll happen for him. And anything on James Wiseman left before we talk about potential trades?
0: No, no, no. I'm honestly, I'm all right there. I'm all right.
1: Great. So I know those are the big three. And like we said, it's not too crazy of a draft class. I think those are the three talks and they can be interchangeable. But the biggest possible trade would be Minnesota, of course, trading to get another uh, player. Because if a person who's not in the top three, top five, ten, et cetera, wants one of these three players, they can probably stretch and get them. But I was looking, and James Wiseman, I don't think, should go to a team that already has a solidified starting center. I think that would be a yeah, waste man, of a no. draft pick, a trade. And I'm looking, Cleveland has Andre Drummond. Atlanta has Clint Capella. Chicago has Markkinen, so they definitely want don't want him. Charlotte does have Biombo Bismack. It's like, ah, we could make that stretch if we really wanted to. And then you look at Detroit Pistons. I think they still have like Blake Griffin there. And then here's where it kind of gets interesting. I mean – you do have Phoenix, was- I mean, New York, Washington, and Phoenix left in that top ten who might make a trade for that number two pick, number one pick to get James Wiseman. A crazy trade I was thinking of. I highly doubt it'll happen. But if Phoenix traded Ayton for that draft pick so they get James Wiseman instead would be crazy thoughts. I think that's the only stretch where they would trade a actual decent center would be Phoenix. That would be kind of interesting to see. I don't see it happening, but like – That's a thought that crossed my mind. I think Washington should stretch and try to go up and get James Wiseman. I think that would be a perfect fit for Bradley Beal and John Wall if uh, they keep Bradley Beal and John Wall in that trade up to Golden State. But I think Golden State will trade tonight. I think it would be great for them to do so. Or get Anthony Edwards at number two as well. Oh, no, James Wiseman. Sorry. Uh, Just get James Wiseman, have him as a starter, as a six-man, and ball with it
0: yeah i mean it's just to me i just don't know if golden state would be willing to do that because if you're, you're talking about trading with phoenix or washington or somebody like that now now you're dropping down to where you might not have that backup in oh yeah in, in onyeka or anybody like that onyeka. yeah onyeka but um you wouldn't be able to Necessarily guarantee that you're going to have a backup pick at that position either at that point. Um, we're not. I'm not necessarily. Obviously, Detroit has Blake Griffin or and everybody's still on that roster. Um, they actually. I just saw an alert that the Houston Rockets just traded Trevor Ariza and the 16th overall pick, uh, or, or and some pick to move up and take Detroit's spot. So they might be in the top.
1: Really? Place.
0: So. Um, they might be and are They're, they're up shipping up.
1: out James Harden and Russ as well. So they're rebuilding yeah, right now. We're
0: about to We're we might be seeing some really interesting developments with the Houston Rockets as well starting tonight. So um, I'll have to cl- we'll have to clarify that when we get through the podcast tonight and maybe discuss it in the future. But yeah, uh, interesting developments.
1: I'm beyond excited for the NBA draft, uh, probably the most excited I've been, because no matter where my man, LaMelo Ball, I'm gonna climb nine for him tonight, big LaMelo Ball guy, I'm getting his jersey, I'm that's becoming my second favorite team behind Boston, and uh, let's go LaMelo, and then the Pelicans will be third with Lonzo, a big baller brand, I'm excited, LaMelo's finally here, this is the day I've been waiting for, and uh, super excited for the draft tonight, that's my last take.
0: Yeah, I knew you were gonna be excited about that. Um, I actually thought there would be one more thing that you are excited about, and I did want oh, to mention it a little bit. Just, yeah. just another little extra NBA draft storyline that I thought was interesting. So your Boston Celtics have three first round picks tonight. <laughs> but you got I mean, you guys are, already have already had the core of your team to build around with Jason Tatum and um Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, Kemba, yeah. I mean what What do you think is the move with that? Do we trade some of the picks and move up? Yeah, go get somebody? do you trade? do you trade the picks and somebody to go get another big name free agent? Are you guys keep yes. is <laughs> staying another season? I, there's just questions with the Celtics, but still they, they they they're not done yet. They have a chance to still go out and really compete in the East. I mean, obviously, um this whole James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets rumor that I'm starting to hear is a little <sighs> interesting, but. We'll, we'll get to that, I'm
1: sure. Yeah, we'll get to the James Harden another day when it actually goes down. I love NBA free agency. I do think the Boston Celtics will keep one pick. I saw interesting uh, takes so that they'll take RJ Hampton. He's from New Zealand. He's very similar to Lamella Ball that by not taking the traditional route of going to college, then going to the NBA. But uh, he kind of got roughed up in the that professional league over in New Zealand. So his stats were, were not good as all. I think he was out in like six and like four, but he has lived like a pro. He does have that, you know, intangibles as well. So I do think they'll keep one pick, but I think Boston, like you said, has a great opportunity to trade those picks, get a good fifth man, sixth man, big man, such as, you know, a backup center and whatnot. Cause I know these draft picks still are worth, you know, trade values up there for them because these players can be, you know, something special. And hopefully they can get some kind of big man or just some dog that can get rebounds down low because you don't need another guy with the ball in his hand all the time because you have Jason Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen Brown. I think Gordon Hayward's out. I think he's going to get traded whatnot. Trade him with that pick would be very crucial. I just, with all his injuries and whatnot, I don't think he's going to benefit the team as much as you know, he could or what he did. Um, I love the guy, don't get me wrong, but uh, that's my little Boston Celtics take, and I do think they're gonna make big money moves here coming up.
0: Okay, all right, I honestly agree with all that. So I just wanted to see what you, yeah, uh, what you had thought because I'm, I'm sure they'll you- get one
1: rookie, they'll get one rookie tonight, of course.
0: Analysts work on that one.
1: I mean, we still got Taco Fall and Carson Edwards from last year, which are phenomenal players. Carson Edwards from Purdue, I might be wrong in that, but uh, in Taco Fall, we all know Taco Fall from uh. What's it? UCF and yes, his studly yes, yes. height. But yeah, moving forward now from the NBA draft, that's coming on in about 40 minutes or so from when we are recording this podcast, historical weekend for the Masters. Now, Yank, I'm going to let you take the uh, front lead on this because you're probably a better golfer than I am. <laughs> no, a little bit more, but uh, we have to talk about the historical weekend and of golf because we
0: don't talk about golf too much. I, here. I mean, yeah, I golf one of the most beautiful sports. Uh, as far as like, I don't know about any of y'all, but anytime I go to a golf course, like it's just so pretty. I don't, I don't know why, but it is. There's that. It's always fun. It's the most frustrating sport, but all you need is one good shot every time that you play <laughs> to make you want really to come back and play again. Anyway, uh, the 2020 Masters. So for the first time, I want to say ever. It was played in November rather than April. There was no crowd. We didn't hear no roars. I was watching all the rounds because I am a big golf guy, especially watching the majors and especially when Tiger was in contention. How he was early on, um, gotta love watching that. But there's no crate. There was no blossoms on the trees this year. and it, and it was soaked by rain. The the whole golf course was flooded. It slowed down the greens. It made it. To where the Masters for the first time at Augusta National Golf Club, the course was gettable. Like People were attacking the holes, attacking the flag, um, and the ball was able to hit the green and stick rather than just keep rolling how it does traditionally. Um, But this is the Masters. It's my personal favorite major championship tournament. Um, Obviously, there's always something about that coveted green jacket, as we were able to see from... Dustin Johnson and his emotional interviews, uh, and how he obviously this had to have been his dream winning this one. So uh, he he's the he's the talk of the tournament, honestly. Um, but anything that you want to input before I talk about him and get into that?
1: Yes, definitely. Like you said, I mean it is Justin Dustin Johnson's tournament. I mean he is the news historical under twenty. Breaking the record, I think second is negative 18. No, negative 15. So yep. we beat it by five strokes. Yep. And that's just so phenomenal. I know Tiger Woods is like third, I think, for the best major finish as a uh, master's finish as well. But this guy just lives in the moment and uh, type of dude. And dream come true. I mean, I was listening to all his interviews as well. Dream come true, humble and whatnot. So it was really, really cool to see and I'm excited to see what you know. You have to say. But, I mean, he had a five-hour victory lap on his uh, last day. He was just out there. I got a huge lead. I'm going to go, ball out, and whatnot. He had no one really right on his tail.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the tournament winner, winning the most coveted major. This is the one that everybody talks about on tour. Like, obviously, winning any major is a big feat. But when you win the Masters, like, it's legitimate. And a lot of people you have created this narrative that Dustin Johnson can't win in big time moments. He was 0-4 heading into the final. He was 0-4 before this one and holding a 54-hole lead in a major tournament. (laughs) He had never won before. Uh, He had only one major to his name. A lot of people labeled him. 2016. Yep. A lot of people labeled him as that one major wonder. Uh, But now that label's gone. He's won the Masters. Like I said, it's the most coveted championship. And like you mentioned it. Like the five-hour victory lap on Sunday. Like – it basically sums it up for the whole weekend. Like he missed more fairways and greens in that one round, the final round, than he did combined in the first three rounds, and he still shot four under par. Like the man, the man was on it. I I just don't like the he's. I love talking about DJ. I call him the swinging gate because he swings no. he swings those hips back and forth so openly when he's walking down the course. I think that is so funny, but. Yeah, no, this was his tournament. He was pretty much in control the entire way. Um, He was in contention after the first day, and then I think he held the lead every day after that. But, I mean, this was his tournament. Obviously, there's other people to talk about, but all the big names were there. The course was scorable. Everybody, like, this was the lowest score to par in Masters history. Like, he was breaking records uh, this weekend. So, It it was incredible to watch, but he's beaten people like Tiger, who was in contention until probably that last round when you shoot a 10 on one hole. Um, You got, he's beaten Roy McElroy, Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith is a hot rookie on tour. Um, He's got just everybody is, was in contention for this one at one point, it seemed. And Dustin Johnson just, he won by five strokes. That it doesn't happen in major tournaments typically like that. He, this was his tournament all the way, and it was just impressive.
1: A lot to digest there. But, yeah, historic. It was so cool to see records being broken. It's also that it's from a man from the USA, USA. I know there's no fans cheering that and whatnot at a golf course. But when I look at Dustin Johnson and read about him, got more uh, information on him and whatnot, he's just a low-key dude. He's a guy that's going to go out with the boys, ball out, and like, man. We're in November, but I wish we were playing some other time or in a major because I am balling out today. No one's around, you know how you you know how you shoot better or you play golf better when nobody's around and the boys aren't there. You make some crazy shot, but nobody's there to see it because it happened, you know, in front of nobody. That's what this man was doing out there. He was just out there with the boys, balling out. Like, wow, kind of a good game. I better keep it up and whatnot. So that's you know the type of person I see Dustin Johnson as. And like you said, it was only his second uh, career major. Back in 2016, he did win the U.S. Open. And it was really cool, though, because on the Fox Bet Super 6 app, uh, go look at it, not sponsored by him at all, but, you know, I used it. I actually chose him to win, and uh, I didn't win any money for it but because uh, I lost a bunch of other things. But I chose him to win, so, like, cool, I chose him to win as well. And just more about him is his wife came on to – The uh, course, you know, after he won. And I remember Colin Coward said some or tweeted some things, said something online about like his wife and the huge ring and the Mm -hmm. uh, like, oh, wow, he's really lucky now with that green jacket and her. I'm like, oh, okay, Colin, calm down, dude. (laughs) Uh, But uh, he was also kind of excited to talk about it as well and super happy that, you know, first of all, during all these times, we see a historical fee during this kind of crazy 2020 year, we do see greatness and get to see some golf and whatnot and still see a 2020 masters, but uh, really happy for DJ.
0: Yeah. And if anybody follows him on social media, the after party was legendary. It was definitely legendary, (laughs) but yeah, no, uh, that's pretty much it. The masters is always historical, but any final thoughts from you today, Mickey Hines?
1: Yes, I do want to say um, Rory McIlroy was always kind of cool to see him play. See him be successful makes me happy. I know he's the kind of a player I had to look at or, like, you know, he's a big-time player, big-time name. And also Tiger Woods, I think he finished 38th, correct? Yeah. yeah and with yeah. a negative uh, – one under par. One under par, and that's when he won it last year in 2019, doing the legendary, like, photo pictures and whatnot, seeing everyone follow him. It's so cool. And – it was cool to see Tiger, though, in contention again, seeing him still going at it. Because, I mean, in 1997, he was the – he said he was in third for the – now in third for the lowest master score. So, I mean, really cool to see him still kicking at it 13 years later after, you know, he went negative 18. Yeah, exactly. Under 18. My apologies. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thoughts? But- I think
0: it's just crazy in general, too, when you look at when you're talking about Tiger and everything and, like, the longevity of him. But, like, DJ was talking about, like, this is his hero and everything else, and now Tiger, because the previous winner always presents the green jacket and puts it on. Yeah. So he's, like, sitting there and got to put it on that, and you can see the raw emotion and everything. Like, it's just so cool to watch. Like, I know golf is sometimes can be hard to sit through, and honestly, it's one of the most relaxing things ever to just try and go to sleep to.
1: But, um, oh, that's a nice shot Oh, on the green yes, oh. As the kid goes to sleep I'm Just
0: slightly <laughs> off the left side of the cup
1: <laughs> So
0: just everything and like
1: that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, everything like that Makes it work. it But um, that's all I got to wrap up the Masters I think this is a solid episode for the Mickey's Dizzy podcast We still have much more to talk about This week, but uh, My closing remarks are still Just, again, it's Tanzania week. Uh, We're going strong through Saturday, and that's my main focus. I'm going to continue to push out on social media. I want everybody to continue to reach out. Again, if you guys just want to reach out to get on the podcast or have a feature, continue to do so. Uh, I actually got a mention from the roommate earlier today, Mickey Hines, so we might have to do a little something with that. But uh, we will continue to keep everybody posted and continue to post content and make sure that everybody's having a good time.
1: My closing remarks over here in Iowa is LaMelo Ball is going first pick in the NBA draft. Let's go, Timberwolves. I'm feeling it. I'm going to become a wolf, Sam <laughs> W's up and whatnot, uh, behind Boston, of course, behind Boston. And also, I'm keeping this energy, positive vibes only. Like I said, we have a lot to digest as I'm still somehow keeping positive vibes about other sports. We're not going to get into oh it or mention goodness. it right now because I might. Be a little heartbroken, but positive vibes because it is Tanzania week. Do pull-ups, do anything, do it at a park. I know I'm going to go to my elementary school on Saturday and do a 200. I think instead of 200 out there, do it at a monkey bars on all the crazy equipment we have out there. Please, please, at least spread awareness. That's at least what we can do. All it takes is two clicks of a button, and it's for a such a great cause, and it's it's nationwide, y'all. So anywhere where you're at, someone is trying to help make you do pull-ups, donations, etc. Thank you for listening to a great episode. Zizzy, you know what to do.
0: If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy, I'll be cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody.